0: the way you
1: Welcome to Unlock Your Wealth Radio. This segment is sponsored by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at unlockyourwealthradio.com forward slash free book and click on the link to over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. I am so glad you stopped by. I am she, your purveyor of prosperity, Heather Wagonhalls, and I am flying to by the maestro of moolah, Michael Terry. Hey, folks. And we are going to help you get your money mind right on today's show with the following great features. So first off, uh, this week's key is uh, knowledge.
0: Knowledge is power. And? Uh, Not knowing is powerful. Yay!
1: You got it! I'm impressed. Okay. So if you haven't listened to Monday's show, please pop on over to keystoriches.com, or you can also hear it if you're listening at unlockyourwealthradio.com. You can pick up the show right here on our same station. But if you want all of the goodies, like the resources and tools that go with it, well... You got to go to the Keys to Riches website for that, keystoriches.com, so you can get all of the worksheets and all of the cool tools to help you manage your money more effectively with our biology-based approach to money management. And so, yes, yeah, so uh, in this week's key, we learn our 3-5 financial strategy. Uh, so the 3-5 financial strategy simply is we ask ourselves and answer three questions and address five areas of concern. This whole key came about from the statement that was made to me once before. A long time ago when I was dealing with a mortgage client, I was asking them questions, trying to get them qualified for a home loan, and they said, "Well, but Heather, you don't understand. Ignorance is bliss, and I'm telling you, ignorance is not bliss because it's the things that you don't know that you should know that will hurt you. In the long run, if you think of a financial plan as a bucket, and if you think of that bucket with holes in it, those holes represent what you don't know about money, and you don't do anything to patch those holes. Yet you go out and start making more money on your job. That means you're going to be pouring water, which is your money, into the bucket, and it's going to flow right out of the bucket through those holes that you chose not to patch. So that's what this week's key is all about, is identifying what it is you need to know and then also should you create a body of knowledge and address it yourself or should you delegate those responsibilities to a professional? But in any case, whether you delegate or do it yourself, you still need to know a minimum of what you need to be addressing so you can provide the checks and balances to make sure that the person you delegate to is the appropriate type of professional to deal with your financial needs. So uh, anyway, so that's for this week's key. And again, that's at keys to keystoriches.com or just stay tuned to this channel and flip back uh, on the website and look for our past show. Uh, we also have a great moolah word of the day. And today's topic, I'm so excited prenuptial agreements. So we have 10 celebrity couples that are no more and they're wishing they would have had prenups. <laughs> and as we focus it's on a great subject to talk
0: about.
1: Well, it is. And but in addition to focusing on the salacious part of this show, which would be the celebrity gossip, On these prenups. We're also going to talk about why prenups are a good thing and why everyone, not just the rich, should have them. Because if you're listening to this show, you may not have acquired all the wealth you will in your lifetime, but you will because. Well, you're learning from the best. What you're can I say? To this show. <laughs> and you start listening and applying these concepts that you learn here at Unlock Your Wealth Radio and Keys to Riches com Radio. Uh, you will have a significant amount of wealth, and um, money uh, can be like romance, and it can be fickle <laughs> if we're not careful. Mm-hmm. And so that's why prenuptial agreements are awesome. And if you've never thought about one or don't think that you can. Coerce or persuade your significant other into one. Then we're going to give you some of those tips if we have time on today's show, because I think it's an important subject. It's it's you know oh it's a great subject. Uh, and I, and I know what I had to go through uh, in dealing with uh, a marriage breakup without one. Me too. And uh yeah, so we got we got we got plenty of experience. Now neither of us are attorneys, I'll just say that. Although we like to play them on TV. Right we're now. not attorneys, but consult an attorney and make this happen if you are have impending nuptials. It'll be the best thing that you ever did. And you'll be thankful for it. And no, it doesn't ruin the romance. So that's what a lot of people worry about. Oh, but it's so unromantic. And you keep telling me it's so pragmatic, but it's it's actually the most romantic thing you can do.
0: Well, well we, you and I will sort of I'll play devil's advocate and give you my and give you my two cents and then you can convince the listeners that i am because I wish I had a prenup on both marriages. But there you go. but but here I am in my I'm in my third relationship and I wouldn't get a I wouldn't get a prenup. so I, I haven't learned from my
1: clearly yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. okay, but not now. Oh, you're going to keep us in suspense. Okay, (laughs) there we go. Because you have a moolah word. Yes, I do have a moolah word. It is a moolah phrase. And so since we're moving right along, let's do our moolah word of the day, shall we? And our moolah word is corporate cannibalism. Oh, wow. You like that, huh? It's a
0: nasty
1: word, huh? Well, it's an interesting word because what does it really mean? Because when we think of cannibalism, we think of eating people, right?
0: Yeah. So corporate cannibalism is swallowing up another corporation?
1: Uh, but not necessarily. Yeah. Okay. Uh, because they don't use it in that term of eating someone else. So
0: maybe more merging.
1: So, not even that. It doesn't have to do with cor- corporate ownership. Okay. Uh, so, what corporate cannibalism is, is corporate cannibalism, cannibalism if you can pronounce it, <laughs> is an act of self infringement upon market share by corporations through the issuance of new products. It's also called, called market cannibalization. So to break it down so you understand what that means is corporate cannibalism occurs when companies introduce new products into a market where these products are already established. In effect, the new products are competing against their own incumbent products. So you're only ebbing away, like if you think if you've got one product in your right hand and one product in your left hand and the right hand is existing and the left hand is introduced. The left hand isn't, creating new market share it's taking market share from the right hand yeah so you're kind of just kind of passing in between and so um, market cannibalization is the negative impact of a company's new product on the sales performance of existing and related products it refers to a situation where a new product eats up the sales and demands of an existing product potentially reducing overall sales even if sales of the new product are increasing and this can negatively affect both the sales volume and market share. Of the existing product. Um, it's only arises um, to a self induced decline in sales, meaning the loss of market share arising from competition is not included in market cannibalization. Therefore, market cannibaliz- cannibalization occurs when the new product intrudes on the existing market for an older product rather than expanding the company's market base. Instead of appealing to a new segment of customers uh, and increasing the overall market share, the new product appeals to the existing customers. And so it reduces sales of the existing product and its market share. So um, if it is not intentional, meaning to replace an existing product, market cannibalization can have a negative effect on a company's bottom line. And it forces the existing product's life to end prematurely because the sales have shifted to the new product rather than tapping a new market as intended. So one may introduce a new product to make the old one obsolete and phase it out. And then you would want it to eat its own in that sense. But ideally, it happens accidentally. You think you're going to capture this new share of, of customers, maybe a new demographic. Like let's say this is baby boomers and here you want to go after Gen Xers and millennials. But what you end up doing is actually drawing all of the baby boomers and the Gen Xers and the millennials aren't really interested. So all you've done is cannibalize yourself when that wasn't its intention. So it can happen on purpose if you want to phase out something or accidentally. But it's an interesting term.
0: I mean, would it, would it, you know, the first thing that comes to mind would be a corporation that owns two hamburger joints. I mean, they, they own McDonald's and then they own five guys. So.
1: Um, no, that's not a good example. OK. Uh, a better example would be McDonald's, you know, has. Like a Big Mac and a quarter pounder, and now they come out with a triple stack, thinking they're they're going to get even hungrier people. And now the people that were buying the Big Mac or the quarter pounder are now buying the triple stack. They didn't get any new customers. Yeah, gotcha. They just stopped selling the other burgers. Gotcha. That's a better example. Okay. But I like the direction you went in. That was yeah. really good. Huh. So uh, yeah. So market capitalization. So uh, that's or corporate. Market cannibalism or corporate cannibalism was the term. And so now you know. So uh, a pre nuptial agreement is a uh, nuptials, or what you do when you get married. You, And so a prenuptial agreement is a financial agreement. Usually Um, it can be custody. It can include many things. Um, But ideally uh, a prenuptial agreement is decided upon and authorized before a couple enter into marriage. You can also do a post nuptial agreement. After the wedding, those are called postnuptial agreements, and uh, it can be done if the prenuptial didn't get done in time, or if circumstances have changed and a postnuptial agreement is in everybody's better interest, maybe um, wealth dynamics changed, family dynamics have changed, and prenuptial agreements can be rewritten as postnuptial agreements. Like, let's say something catastrophic happened in the relationship and the intent is to try to work it out. But just in case, while we're still kind of numb and quasi-friendly about this, let's try to avoid a sticky divorce. And so essentially, the the purpose of these is if you think about them, it's a divorce in advance because it lays out what would happen upon the dissolution of the marriage and the consequential dispositions of the assets, both separately and acquired, either pre- or post-nuptial, and how they're handled. And these are very, very valuable tools. But let's talk about some of the salacious stuff first. I think that before we really get into why they're beneficial, I think we should talk about what could go wrong when you don't have them. And uh, so everybody loves talking about celebrities. And if you look at unlockyourwealthradio.com, we had this article just uh, a, like a week ago and a uh, few celebrity couples get married without a prenup. And for those who did tie the knot thinking everlasting love would hold true, they are regrettably paying for those I do's. Uh, so first off, let's uh, talk about Gwen Stefani and Gavin Rossdale. After a 13 years and three kids. Uh, Gwen Stefani filed for divorce in 2015. They reportedly didn't sign a prenup and Rosedale was asking for half of her $120 million fortune. Keep in mind, despite a successful music career, Rothdale is worth less in comparison and has approximately $20 million in the bank. With his alleged cheating that hyped the reason for their divorce, Stefani was not going to go down without a fight. Uh, they've recently agreed to a settlement that benefits both of them, but uh, still, Gwen could not be happy that she had to pay for anything at all considering... She was the one cheated upon.
0: I'm siding with Gwen. And $20 million is not enough to live on? Apparently not.
1: <sighs> Apparently not. In happier times, Rossdale agreed that if things went sour, he wouldn't go after her money. But uh, she's no doubt, no pun intended, kicking herself for buying into the wishes that she could go back and change a thing or two. Because yeah. people always say it's never about the money until it becomes yeah, about, the about the money. And it's okay. It's okay that it's about the money. Yeah. It's it's okay because, you know, if you're both contributing regardless of the ratios.
0: Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. It's okay.
1: It's okay to be about the money. You worked hard for your money. Sure. You should fight for it. It would be stupid not to. Yeah. How about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard? It was a brief
0: I have a feeling Johnny, Johnny Depp has a little bit more money.
1: Yeah, well, and they're still technically, I guess, not divorced. Uh, they chose to forgo signing a prenuptial. Johnny is worth over four hundred million dollars. With your doctor evil pose, <laughs> four hundred million bucks. Heard is only worth an estimated four and a half to nine million. It's a tenth. Yes. Of what he's worth. During settlement negotiations, California law just divvies it up. And the spouse who earns the least usually walks away with a small fortune. However, they were only married for 15 short months. So the verdict is still out on just how big a slice of Depp's mega million dollar pie Heard will walk away with. If her claims of abuse are confirmed, Ooh, from it, yes, apparently. Yeah. And that might play a role in her settlement. Wow. And, 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 I, and I just think, again, I'm not an attorney, but even if somebody has big cash and there's no prenup, um, many states, and, and I believe that that's how it is here in Arizona, you're only entitled to a portion that was earned on your watch anyway.
0: I think, I mean, Connecticut, I know is a no fault. It's 50-50 right down the middle.
1: Yeah. Well, we're supposedly no fault, but I don't think it's 50 50 because any assets, technically any assets that you have prior to the marriage and that you still keep separate should be yours. If you commingle stuff, if you have 400 million in the bank and you commingle those assets by opening up a joint account and moving all that money in there, then it's technically fair game. I mean, I don't. I don't know this specifically.
0: I mean, I was. I was eligible for fifty percent of her inheritance from her
1: mother. See, and inheritances are supposed to be protected from that no. as long as it's not com- 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 commingled. Now, if she deposited that money in a joint bank account, then all bets are off again. I, I, I believe that she did. Yeah. Okay, well, see, so that was her fault. Yeah. See, but assets that are, and and again, this is why every state is different. You need to find out what's going on in your state, you know, but assets that are held separately and inheritances aren't supposed to be subject to that. Yeah. No question. You are listening to Unlock Your Wealth Radio. This segment is sponsored in part by KeepMyID.org, the only service that actually prevents identity theft. All others are just monitoring services. Put your credit on lockdown with their special offer for Unlock Your Wealth Radio listeners by visiting our website at unlockyourwealthradio.com forward slash KeepMyID and click on the link to start protecting your financial future right now. Remember to use promo code WAGS. So, uh, Roseanne Barr and Tom Arnold. So in 1990, Barr got famously upset with her lawyer for simply suggesting that she have Arnold sign a prenuptial agreement. She ultimately chose love and trust over signing a piece of paper and then fired her lawyer shortly afterward. However... Four years after becoming husband and wife, Arnold and Barr's marital bliss came to a screeching halt. Their divorce became one of Hollywood's ugliest at the time. Plenty of unpleasant accusations flew between the two, and there was even a restraining order issued. When the dust finally settled, Barr lost $50 million, which Arnold used to get himself back on the right track. He didn't walk away from the marriage completely untouched, though. Barr may have regretted not signing the prenup, but Arnold must have regretted getting a large tattoo of her face on his chest. <laughs> now here's one of the interesting ones because this one, this next one I'm going to share with you has to do with greed and I remember when it went down and I thought, oh how stupid uh, okay. let it, let it see. because this is where the tables were turned Okay, because this is where a scheming parent got into the mix. And I'm talking about Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey. Uh, So, uh, at the time he was boy band extraordinaire and had clearly way more money than what she did when they first started out on that silly little TV show. Yeah. And, uh, daddy said no prenup because he was money hungry For Nick's cashola. Mm. Little did he know that Jessica would crush him in the earnings department. Crush. Wow. Crush him. Uh, It was a surprise when they started dating uh, and that they got married in the same year and they had a child and then they finalized their divorce. But while she undoubtedly uh, became a self-made millionaire, the Dream Team and Christina Milan, she walked away with $4 million from her former beau and child support, 5000 a month in child support. Wow how about Ashton Kutcher and Demi Moore this pair surprised everyone when they began dating and then got married in 05 their marriage lasted six years before Kutcher's cheating led to its demise during their time together he went on to star in the hit series Two and a Half Men while Moore's superstardom from the 80s and 90s faded without a signed prenup to fall back on their settlement battle raged on for two years before they finalized it in 2013 Moore is worth $150 million but was still able to wrangle spousal support from Kutcher. The final amount hasn't been made public, but Kutcher ended up paying more than he expected just to close the chapter and move on with his life. And Lamar Odom and Khloe Kardashian, the lovebirds tied the knot after a whirlwind romance that lasted only four months. They didn't sign a prenup when they got married and instead came to their senses and signed one shortly afterwards. So that's again a post we talked about. As an L.A. Laker at the time, Odom was no doubt the breadwinner of the two. However, it is possible that chronic drug use and drinking have to completed some of his wealth. Kardashian recently filed for divorce for a second time and stands to walk away with over $2.5 million once the dust settles. This settlement includes some pretty lavish things, such as a new car at the end of each lease term, courtside seats to L.A. Lakers games, as well as a very substantial beauty and shopping budget. Why would anybody want to continue to participate in a sport yeah, good question. as a spectator when they're clearly unloved?
0: Well, she probably likes basketball.
1: But the but the fact of the matter is that it's not about the extraordinary amount of cash. It's what they have to go through. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I mean, just think about that. Roseanne decided against a prenup and she fired her attorney for even suggesting one. Yeah. And then she had raked over the coals as a result. Yeah you know, and like, I think it's great that everybody's in love. And that's precisely the moment we should create the divorce in advance, because then it becomes a game. It's playful. It's like, okay, well, um, you can have, you know, the dog, but I want the cat and I want the car. And, and, and it's like, um, it's, it's so much more amicable because, because you're thinking about it when you guys like each other and it makes more sense.
0: I think for somebody like you, who's got that Pragmatic ability. I think the average person is in la la land.
1: But love is not enough.
0: But they think, they think, it love is only that, the beginning. At that time, though, they think it is. That's the problem.
1: Hey, you know, when I was in love, 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 I was in love. Yeah. And the whole time I was scared, <laughs> you know, because I was the breadwinner in my first relationship and yeah. I didn't have a prenup. Yeah. And I'll be doggone. If I didn't lose everything, because at the end, I was so focused on how do I extrapolate the money? And like, I was fixated on how do I get out of this unscathed? And my focus on the lack of brought me the lack of, and if that would have all been decided upfront uh, when the income disparity, the income disparity was always there. I always made more, no matter what. And if that would have been addressed, and and this is tough because, you know, we always think in terms of, you know, the rich man who's divorced for the third or fourth time and the young 20-something waif who is, you know, hard up from the streets and it's pretty woman kind of going on. Mm -hmm. And that's what we think of. That's the cliche, right. But But that is not today 's world you know I, I I hear a lot about income equality, but i see I hear about income equality and women not earning as much as men, but what I witness are women carrying households financially and taking care of the kids and working fifty jobs while the man has his one job and she 's outwaging him ten to one. Mm. That's what I'm seeing in my coaching practice. That's what I'm experiencing in the real world, that women are dominating. I don't buy into this deal that women are making less than men. Men are not working as hard as women is what I'm seeing. And I'm watching women so fearful to stand up for themselves, that they're not asking for these prenuptial agreements. They come to the table with money. They come to the table with assets, and they come to the table with viable incomes. And they don't protect it under the auspices of love, or it's inappropriate to ask. And I think that that's bullcrap.
0: Well, that you're—that's a specific genre of the, you know, right? You're talking now. You're talking about a specific type of situation there's a lot of them
1: but 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 there's all kinds of unique situations but but in that situation you know especially i mean if somebody has made and built an empire it's theirs if they choose to share it with you that's one thing but it's theirs especially if they built it before you came on the scene Now, if they built it while you were on the scene, if they assisted in any way, and I'm talking about not necessarily working at a hand and fist, but if they were your counterpart, if they did the entertaining and the schmoozing and all of that stuff and the non-quantifiable type of work Uh to help you build your empire, by golly, they're entitled to a part of it. But this stuff can be addressed, again, in a prenuptial agreement. This is what you contribute and this is what that has as a value. And your prenup can be anything you want it to be. You know, you can be financially separate estates completely and you're just married on paper for the tax benefits. Okay. But you could be completely financially separate estates. And if both of you have assets or if both of you have dependence from previous relationships, it's critical to protect your children and what you want your children to have or not have.
0: I think you're coming from a place where the two people or one of the two people have something to protect. I think I'm coming. And
1: it's not just money, it can be kids.
0: Yeah.
1: It can be kids. If you have kids and one person has money and whatever you have, you want your kids to get, how do you know that's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Unless you have a prenuptial agreement that spells out whatever pensions I have, go to my children. Whatever retirement plans I have, go to my children. It mm-hmm. does not oh, go yeah. to my current wife or sure. my my current husband. Sure. Totally, that stuff should be explicitly stated,. Totally what happens if the couple has a child in addition to these mm-hmm. extra children? Then, how does that materially change that thing that 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 um, perspective? because if there isn't one and there isn't a solid estate plan that addresses that. so so spouse with the current child is going to fight for everything for that child, irrespective of the deceased spouse, previous children. And this happened to me because my step fought for her and her child. Mm-hmm. And my brother and I were around long before that. And my father passed without a will. Yeah. And passed without all these other protections in place. Right. So these are things that you got to pay attention to. And uh, we didn't even get to our list, but you can find this list, uh, 10 Reasons Why Every Rational Person Should Shut Up and Get a Prenup on our website. We should do another show. We should. Uh, But visit unlockyourwealthradio.com if you want to learn more about the salacious things. We also have some of the richest divorces without a prenup, also as a fabulous article from a year or so ago that you might want to check out, plus all of the other resources that we have at unlockyourwealthradio.com. Com. Thanks so much for stopping by. For the maestro of moolah, Michael Terry, I'm Heather Wagonhalls. Now go out and unlock your wealth today.
0: UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is produced by Heather Wagonhalls and the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com and its affiliates are copyrighted 2017 with all rights reserved. For more information on the Keys to Riches financial wellness series, please visit our website at www.unlockyourwealth.com.